This week on the podcast, you seen anything good lately? Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Welcome, everyone, once again to the Magnificently Huge Podcast. My name is Brian, and this week my friends Chris and Eric are going to be joining me for, uh, well, hey, it's our first show of 2022. Uh, the show took a few weeks off uh, for the holidays. We've been playing some rebroadcasts, and during all that time, we never slowed down. We've been doing stuff. We've been watching stuff. We've been reading stuff, and we're going to talk about it just like we do every year around this time when we take a break, and then we come back with a whole bunch of stuff to talk about so uh yeah there's gonna be some spoilers check the show notes uh find the topics you're interested in and uh you know join us for another one of our extravaganzas as always uh you can find us on twitter we're at maghuge m-a-g-h-u-g-e uh you can find us on facebook and instagram as the magnificently huge podcast uh please subscribe to the podcast rate it on the podcast app share it on your social media feeds if you want to find old episodes go to our website maghuge.com and there you can also find a link to email us any questions or show ideas or whatever you want us to say uh that's magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com hey 2021 was not a bad year for the show let's uh kick off 22 and keep it rocking we're back bitches yeah, <laughs> with the it's like podcast resurrection. We, oh, stop. yes, yeah, same old shit though, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> that's true. It's, We're glad welcome you're to the show, everybody. Let's do roll call real quick. Uh, uh, my name is Brian. Oh, hey, Brian. Uh, who am I? Oh, I'm Chris. Yes, I'm Chris. Hello. Hey, my name hey, is Chris. Eric, and I'm here to say staying in school is a okay. <laughs> And we, we that's the show, rap. everybody. <laughs> I thought we were rapping. We're not rapping. No, yeah, okay. no. no, no, you, you, you always think we were rapping, and you were always wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to 2022. Eh? it's a new year. Hey, yeah, you, it's you. back. I, I think this is going to be fun because when 2021 started, everyone was like, "Phew, 2020 sure sucked." Good thing we've got a new year. It's <laughs> yeah, like, really? yeah, yeah. Now we're like, we know all of the years are shitty from now on yeah. until yeah. <laughs> further notice. It's like literally. I, I was going to say, I felt, I felt no turning of the page going into 2022, right? Mm -hmm, it was yeah. just like, well, more shit. Here it is. I well, think when, yeah. <laughs> when they said that nobody was going to do New Year's in, in Central, uh, uh, in Times Square, the, the world kind of said, yeah, call me when things are not shitty. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> well, was... I did I did New Year's in Las Vegas this year, guys. Dumbass. And I did well, I got a I got a hotel room overlooking the strip so we could watch the fireworks and not stand in the crowds and not be cold because it was cold as hell. Yeah. But I did get a mild case of COVID from it, so you know, that was fun. All I right. Mean, um look at I you, so hipster. am vaccinated and boosted, yeah. so it was actually more mild than a cold I got back in December that wasn't COVID. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, Imagine if you hadn't so, gotten uh, boosted and vaccinated, you'd probably be dead. So good job. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, it's, it's, it was like a weird like last month for us because we took December off for anybody that might have noticed. I doubt they did. But uh, <laughs> so so Brian got COVID. Uh, Eric got a new job. And I moved from Austin to Chicago in the yeah. winter, right before Christmas. So, so that's how this show crazy. is jumping the shark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Really. <laughs> Did we yeah. add a kid this yeah. season? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. I think Rhoda's married. Rhoda got married. And uh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, and fucking Betty White died. That was like the last day of 2021. And Betty White fucking dies. I'm like, God damn it. So I, I, was... I got to tell you, okay, now, I, and I am not a disliker, a non an anti-fan of Betty White. Nothing against Betty yeah. White, never did. I just don't understand this, like, mass uh, uh, outpouring of love for Betty White for the past 10, 15 years. It's like, Golden She's... Girls, was it that good? I mean... Well, you got to that... look at it, like, a, like, from a career perspective, because she had literally been actively working in television since the infancy of television. I mean, it's like a, like an 80, 90 year career or whatever the fuck it was. She was on like the first, uh, like experimental broadcast for television in LA when she was still in high school. She did like some dance really? program thing. Yeah. And so she's literally been on TV since its infancy. And to think that she's been on, uh, at least three, major television shows two of which are just milestone like nostalgia trips from top to bottom like mary tyler uh, moore and golden girls i mean the woman had a career and i i just thought it was because she was an old person who like kind of stayed with it and and you know continued to be outspoken and not give a shit about what people thought and talked about sex and talk about you know yeah just generally I mean, yeah, she right. she fell into that not, sort of not like a stick up her ass. Yeah, she definitely fell into that like uh, elderly person talking blue kind of thing. Titter, titter, titter. Yeah, I mean, it was you know. <laughs> uh, but but then I was looking back after she died. I'm like, well, that means like I think there are like five or six people associated with the Mary Tyler Moore show that died in 2021 uh, like half the cast and it capped with betty white so she was the last golden girl and she was the last of the mary tyler moore show i mean the woman just hung on until the end to give mm. a big fuck you but gavin yeah. mcleod uh lou grant died uh so a whole bunch of people from mary tyler moore died which i was astonished with when i looked back at that i'm like so wow they all just hung on until go to the now. store You'll see that People Magazine printed and distributed their Betty White Turns 100 episode uh, issue. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Whoops. And it's on, on yeah, that's, that's a collector's item for those of them who care. So that so. makes you wonder, did Betty White just plan like a massive troll on People Magazine? <laughs> she had like two weeks to go. She's like, yeah, fuck it, she I'm did, out. She died on purpose to troll People Magazine. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's what happened. <laughs> that's our generation's Dewey beats Trump. Yeah, Trump. that's, uh, that's the other, so the punk other rock. One. No, Truman. Betty White. Do we, yeah. Nobody knows what I'm talking about, and, and I fucked up the joke anyway, so let's just jump into the fresh shit. This shit is fresh. Oh, shit, that is fresh. This stuff is really fresh. 
Yay! Yay! Were you trying to make a Spiro Agnew joke? Was that what you were trying to do? Oh, it goes even further back. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they oh, thought that yeah. uh, Truman got beat by Dewey in in uh, the <laughs> forty eight election, and they printed yeah. it too the, early. There's the magnificently pic- huge podcast for people who know who Spiro Agnew and Gavin <laughs> McLeod are. Yes. Uh, <laughs> hey, anybody who's Fresh seen shit, the love you said, Eric. Yeah, that's that's our lazy show. We're back from like five weeks off, so let's just talk about stuff. What do you say? Yeah. It's because I do too much stuff, and so I'm just like, I gotta talk about everything. Did <laughs> did contracting COVID even slow you down one iota, Brian? A week. It okay. slowed me down by about a week. Because, uh, um, you know. How was it? Like, did you get, like, a cold? Did you feel sluggish? Did you feel like you wanted to die? I, like, how was it? It was, like I said, it was, a, it was like a cold, but less of a cold than the one I had really? in December. Okay. And I, yeah, it was on one day where I woke up and I just felt as tired as I did after the booster. Yeah. And so I went and got a COVID test and they're like, yep, you got COVID. And I'm like, cool. Yay. Well, I guess I'm sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> so that was it. Because I got my booster last week on a Monday and like Tuesday, I felt like someone was driving an iron spike through the, my left upper arm and I couldn't move my arm and I felt just so tired. Like I just couldn't think. And then by Wednesday, I was like, ah, no, but it's all gone. We're good. Hey, happy new year. Yeah. Well, well, in the ways it didn't slow me down and, and while I was in Vegas, I'll, I'll get going with some fresh shit. Unfortunately, um, the New Year's Eve show that we went to go see for the Go-Go's did get canceled because one of their crew got COVID. Right. Um, so we saw a whole bunch of other shows, um, one of which we had bought tickets for was the opening of Katy Perry's residency <laughs> no, no, in no, Vegas. No, Katy Perry no, Plow. No. Wow. <laughs> Holy cats, guys. This show is bonkers. It just you, you you've seen the Katy Perry Super Bowl with like the left shark and all that? No. 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 Oh, you haven't? No. Definitely you're, look that up on YouTube. You're talking to me and Eric here. We're like We're like I dedicated know, like, to being old men now. <laughs> yeah, I like I, I get that. Dude, Katy Perry play is like their concept was basically a cross between Pee Wee's Playhouse and Honey I Shrunk the Kids. I have never seen a stage <laughs> production remotely like this. Like it at one point she has crawled out of a three story tall toilet and is dancing with a plunger and a toilet brush while a um a guy in a poop costume has come out of the toilet and is singing like the bridge. Um Is that from her hit song, is, uh, I plunged the the bowl and I liked it? Sure. <laughs> wow. Like this yeah, this is this is just my god. You know, singing poop, there's a sexy frog, and at one point she turns her own ass into a disco ball and they shine all the lights at it and it lights up the it's just she crazy. Over the top. Like you, there to, was a bit to run to get a ahead. residency show in Vegas, do you have to be insane? Is like that <laughs> is that just the thing? Well, this is just what she does, I guess. She puts, like, a lot of money into costumes and sets, apparently. Because, like, oh, this was, like, if... Okay, like, so if you've seen Book of Mormon and there's, like, the spooky Mormon Helldream showstopper, and every Broadway show has, like, a showstopper, this entire concert was, like, showstoppers all the way. And it was her playing all the hits. Um, there was one bit which was set in a, in a pile of trash that um, she's talking to a face mask, a giant <laughs> face mask, and, and and her 
Brazier at this point is made of two crushed aluminum cans, one of which she opens and pours herself a beer from her boob and drinks it. Like, man. it was bananas. <laughs> that chick's wow. got class, man. That chick's got class. <laughs> she, I wow. liked it. It was entertaining. Did I she guess sing it's fireworks? Better than just, I guess it's better than just like a singer, like, Saying, and here's a hit I had back in 2009, and then singing it. Exactly. Then, yeah. Uh, no, no. These people came to entertain. Yeah, it's a, that's a <laughs> it far- It's ridiculous. A far cry from, like, Engelbert Humperdinck, who just comes out in his, like, weird tuxedo and croons a little bit. You know what I mean? And he just died, like, you know. Yeah. 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 No, no, he didn't. He didn't. He's fine. He's fine. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. Did. he did. He <laughs> did. I mean, apart, apart from his name being Engelbert, but yeah, whatever. Uh, so was it a crowded show? Were, like people entertained? Uh, 5,000 seat auditorium. It was full. The thing about Vegas is they're like really, really aggressive about making sure everybody wears masks yeah. there because they don't want to shut the town yeah. down. Well, yeah, they <laughs> shut the town down. Like they, to work. Yeah, they lose all the money. Yeah. Yeah, so it was, it was a 5,000-seat auditorium. It was full. It was at a new place called Resorts World, which is where the Stardust used to be. And Resorts World, eh. That's it, what they you know, called whatever. it? They called it Resorts That's World. That's the name of it. They That's... call it Resorts World, and it's basically, they're trying to make it, it, the whole place feels like a giant mall, and it's full of spots where you can, like, you know, it's Instagram-friendly, let's say. Um, oh wasn't at all my favorite casino on the strip. <laughs> well, um, Resorts World, that's just dumb. Destitos presents yeah. Resorts World. I mean, that's what that's Destitos presents. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just dumb. Yeah. It, the Super Bowl. It was a, it was a fun yeah, show. I'm sure there's going to be a video released of it because they were filming. Okay. Um, so, you know, I would... I would recommend it if you like Katy Perry music. It's a guilty pleasure of mine. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was a good show. Okay. Mm, fun time. Well, I'm I'm yeah. glad. Yeah. yeah. Maybe what do you guys got? Fresh shit. <laughs> I'm going to wager you got COVID from Katy Perry. That's my wager. Yeah, I'm going to wager I got COVID from on, on New Year's Eve night when we didn't have the Go-Go's anymore, our replacement show. We realized that um, we also didn't make dinner reservations in a town where if you didn't make dinner reservations on New Year's Eve, you weren't eating dinner. Yeah, um, even at McDonald's. So we ended up with <laughs> tickets to the show that was basically the Vegas version of medieval times where there was also food. <laughs> nice. And uh, But everybody at that is like shouting and yelling all the time and eating, so not masked. And okay. yeah, that's probably where I got Ew. it. Ew, man. That's a nice hill to yeah. almost die on. Congratulations. I'm glad you're okay. Hey, I'm I, glad you're I okay. am not going to let the assholes be the only one who get to go have fun. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I'm vaxxed. I'm boosted. I'm having fun. Okay. Good. Right <laughs> That's on. That's a battle cry and a half right there, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, shall we, uh, shall we get the elephant out of the room uh, for what we've seen as far as new stuff? Because I know, Brian, you've seen all the new stuff. Eric and I, not so I've much. I've seen everything. Uh, We're going to spread it out over a couple shows, yeah. probably. <laughs> but yeah. we have all apparently seen Matrix 4, Matrix Resurrections, correct? Yes. And we okay. all seem to have different opinions. On yeah. It. We have three different opinions. One really liked it, one's kind of meh, and one hated it. Uh, who wants to go first? I do. A dead, a dead uh, son. Yeah, no. Eric, defend the, defend your movie, Eric. Go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. First off, uh, you, you, okay, the first Matrix. 
I think we all agree. It was really good, right? That first movie. Yeah. Where oh, we yeah. all watched it. A we went, classic. Oh, wow. You you did it right. You know, you, you had a concept. You you went through it. You you didn't go off course. It didn't become something else. It was well done. You know, it was tight. Then you get the second and third ones that you have to go back and watch a few times to get into. But the first time you see it, you go, what? Mm-hmm. No. Hey, yeah. what? Mm-hmm. You know, they, they sort of <laughs> overcomplicated their original wonderful thing. They're this a bit one, masturbatory. If anything, they, 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 they've, got, they've got other things they want to talk about other yeah. than just, you know, mm-hmm. we're, 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 we're an action movie in, inside of a larger computer. You okay. know, we're the Sims action movie. They want to do something more. <laughs> and so they, they got very heady. And I, personally, I respect it. I can, having watched it a few more times, I, I get it now, I think. But this fourth yeah. one was basically, okay, we're not going to do that to you. We're going to dial it back and we're going to, <laughs> we're going to make this very meta. We're going to make this a movie about a movie. Um, yeah, it's a movie about itself. Because <laughs> we got forced into making Matrix 4. They didn't want to do this. Warner Brothers said, you do it or we'll hire someone else to do it. And so that's exactly what they wrote into the script to be, you yeah. know. Because Lana Warshawski <laughs> is including calling out Warner Brothers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's such. I do. love that. And this that, that was great. Whole approach is exactly what created Gremlins Two. When they said you got to make oh. a Gremlins Two, and he said I don't want to make a Gremlins Two, and they said creative freedom, and so he said okay, <laughs> you get what you pay for. That's um, basically the I'm same. I'm going to cut thing. in real quick here just to drop the spoiler bump. There's going to be spoilers for like everything, guys. So spoiler, spoiler, spoilers. This shit is spoiled. Oh, yeah. What do you mean? Spoilers. Spoil me. Yeah. So. Th- she ends up making a film that is The Matrix with, with a lot of references to the original, granted. I mean, like some very over-the-top references to the original. Yeah. Winky, um, winky. Yeah, I was kind of irritated yeah. by a good chunk of them. There was a bit, bit more of that. <laughs> Excuse me. There was Whoa. a bit more of that than was necessary. I mean, yeah. I liked how they would flash back very quickly to it. I did not like necessarily them sitting in a room with it playing on the wall behind them. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was a bit wild. Uh, yeah. I just I was just underwhelmed by the whole enterprise because it just lacked a zing that even the the middle two have. And I think it's because it was only one of the Wachowskis working it. Uh, mm-hmm. and it wasn't both. They- and I don't know if that just that was like just a weird chemical thing that just sort of dissolved uh, the overall right. effect. But it was just it was just not zippy. The the sequences well, will, were sh- shoddy. I, I will admit one of the one of the reviews I read said that uh, it's very sloppy, and I'm like, yeah. yeah, I kind of I kind of agree. They don't have the same fight choreographer. They don't have the same you know cinematographer. They're not as into the visuals of the yeah. fights. You know, so the yeah. fights themselves are a little dopey. Yeah. Yeah, but, well, they, they made Keanu Reeves, who can do all the actual kung fu moves, basically all he does is, like, force push, yeah. right? So, like, anybody comes at him, he's just like, well, I'm not fighting you, <laughs> well, you know? gets to the other thing that bothers me about it is that, and this is, again, this, the same thing with uh, the Bill and Ted sequel that they did a couple years ago, 
when they revisit these properties, they seem to want to cast Keanu as some sort of sad sack middle-aged man who's trying to reinvigorate his middle age. And then he's just <laughs> sitting there with this like existential quandary, like, well, how do I be like happy, but I'm old. I mean, that's sort of the vibe and it just sort of gets irritating. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I didn't have a problem with that here for, you know, me personally. And, yeah. uh, yeah, I think, right, I think I'm it gonna... is exactly as much the Matrix as they could have made, you know? Yeah, I mean, because the other yeah. problem is it's it's 20 years later. It's He's, he's not going to be doing, you know, uh, Neo-level fighting. Uh, yeah. You have to... Yeah, and, and, and they're literally explicit about it. They have, they're, like, saying out loud, how we can't top bullet time. There's no yeah. new bullet time. Yeah. And bullet time wasn't even a thing that was said within the fiction of the Matrix films until yeah. now, right? Like, Except that is, they established that the Matrix trilogy was a game that he created. Ergo, yeah. it's, it's entirely possible... He invented the term bullet time within yeah. the reality yes. of his game. So well, that, no, it it works. It's my second favorite Matrix movie, actually. Well, it's yeah. better than the other two. Yeah. Um <sighs> I mean, I think I think Reloaded gets a bad rap because it has some of the best action in any of them by a lot. Yeah. Um but But that's all it's got. But I, I really did get the sense so like, you know, before in the before times was going to see a lot of touring 80s bands, right? And you get these bands where there's like a few of the original members and then there's a bunch of session players sitting in and they play the hits and it sounds right, but there's just, you know, it's missing the spark. It's, it's, it's not a cover band, right? But, but, it, but it is definitely, the flavor is there, but it's missing the spark. And this was like an a touring 80s act of The Matrix where yeah. some of the people are back, <laughs> but not all of them. Yeah, right. it was, well, I mean, the whole thing is sort of loosely based on the video game itself anyway, from what I understand. I never played it into The Matrix or not whatever really. the fuck it was called. Nah. But their whole, but the Wachowski's whole deal after Revolutions was just, well, we'll just, do like the open source video game and anybody can come in and do the whatever. And that was sort of how they continued it. That was sort of what I felt like they carried into this. It's like, well, we'll just take bits and pieces and we'll reference the movies, but also sort of the video game aspect and how culturally impactful, blah, blah, blah. But it just, they do like the opening action sequence. And then it just literally is like 45 minutes of just talking talking and talking about this and talking about that and talking about over here and talking about up this thing so it's a and matrix like, movie other than the first one i'm like just, i guess yeah i'm like yeah. just shut up just <laughs> shut up and then when they get to the action it's just so like i don't know the problem is and this goes back to uh an interview with john carpenter back in like the late 80s early 90s uh and he talked about his disdain for sequels and why he would never do one although he ended up doing one uh, but he said, because it's just basically you're doing the same things from the first one that made it such fun for people, but you're doing them in ways that are sort of rote and it just destroys the whole thing. And then he goes and makes Escape from L.A., which is literally just a Escape from New York blueprint with just some tweaks here and there. That's what I felt like this was with Matrix Resurrections. It's just sort of they use the same loose framework and then they work in all this uh, sort of back end 2020 hindsight kind of stuff and it just never clicked for me i just didn't like it sue me so eric what did you make of the the 
the new way the Matrix attacks you, which is to basically turn all of the people into suicidal zombies. <laughs> How awesome was that? When they just start you. jumping out of the buildings, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck, I love this movie. Yeah. I will give you I that. Because then you've got the, the people in the truck going, he's turning them into bombs. <laughs> like or the woman in bed going, honey, what is it? Oh, my God. Wah! And then he jumps out the window. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you that. That was fun. See, uh, I, I think, and again, it, once you get past, okay, yeah, there was no reason to make another Matrix movie. No, there really none. wasn't. I'll give you that. There was no reason to make another Matrix. But if you're going to do it anyway, I think they did a fucking great job of it. Because yeah. one, they addressed the fact that there's no reason to have another Matrix movie. Yeah. They found a way to weave in the previous movies, even though the previous movies basically said the entire world you've been watching for three films is horseshit. And <laughs> they managed to work in the fact that the original people are just too old to do the shit they did last time. I think yeah. Jonathan Groff as uh, Agent Smith is... A genius decision uh they didn't really use him for any fighting stuff but he's every yeah. bit mm -hmm. as creepy evil as uh what's his name <laughs> they they <laughs> actually you. had written it for hugo weaving but he couldn't do it because of a scheduling conflict yeah right but um i think it's yeah, actually good they actually worked because just fine. the whole time i'm watching jonathan groff i'm like is he is he it like took me a while to like really catch yeah, on yeah. that he was Agent Smith. And I think and if you wouldn't that have had, had that if it was Hugo weaving. weaving. Exactly. You would have known from the beginning something yeah. was up. Yeah. Well, that too with uh casting Neil Patrick Harris as the uh ultimate bad guy in this yeah. thing. Yeah. I yeah. thought that I was, thought he was that just, was fun. I, I didn't think he was like a full time character. I thought he was a cameo. Yeah. But when they uh when they the do analyst. the yeah when they do the big reveal and they're in the like the Trinity's uh, mo motorcycle workshop and then suddenly things start to get really just tweaky weird but in the periphery and you kind of aren't observant of it right off the bat and then he starts going into his evil monologue spiel uh, to explain the big thing. I thought that was really fun the way they had prepared that scene because they sort of just drag you in and then start making little weird glitches here and there mm -hmm. and draw you in bit mm -hmm. by bit until he's the big reveal going hey i'm the big bad guy i'm uh i'm blofeld and i'm fucking with you and then you know doing the whole tweaky tweaky thing uh i thought that was fun but then by the end it's just ruined because he's no longer really has any uh authority as the bad guy i was just sort of like well why set up that scene and then just take away all of his evilness by the end when they're doing the motorcycle chase and the zombie thing i was like oh god so it was kind of sloppy. That's, I think that's probably why I didn't like it, because it was just overall just wasn't tight like the first one. It, it just seemed like it had a lower budget, right? Like, it is like, okay, this is what we can do with what we've got. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed it, I, but I, I agree it isn't a classic like the, the first uh, Matrix. Yeah. Um, it, does, it, it does not work as a standalone film, right? It, it assumes... <laughs> no, no, no. It explains absolutely nothing about what the hell is going on or who these characters are. It just assumes that you have watched the other movies, right? Um, and you know the rules, uh, or it or it would not work at all. Yeah, uh, there was one thing that, and this isn't the movie's fault, but there was one thing that I found myself kind of chafing at, which is that the whole concept of red pilling, it in you know in the real world that we live in in our matrix. Um, 
is the slang term for basically getting white males to go down the alt-right rabbit hole and join up with that shit, and so that's red-pilling, and it's it's hard for me to watch a movie that really, you know, wants the audience to want Neo to take the red pill after that's been tainted that way. Yeah, that but I think it would have been interesting if they'd have written into it that in the, the new Matrix, they try and keep people from taking the red pill by associating it with white supremacy. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that yeah. would have helped. Yeah. yeah. Acknowledging it in some way. Because uh, they acknowledge everything else, like you know, when the when the when the game designers are sitting around their table, going, "Well, what exactly makes it a matrix? You know, is it is it a trans narrative or is it a something? You know, they're 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 calling this stuff out." Yeah. Um, did you know you it had know an end credit scene? You know that almost everything those people said had to have come from the mouths of Warner Brothers executives who were oh, yeah. trying to help make the matrix. Oh, it's like yeah. those were and all studio internet. notes yeah. and they were shitting directly into the mouths of the people <laughs> who wrote them. Yeah. So yeah, as a piece of metafiction, it's fun, but it's also kind of tiresome if you're not on board for that. You know what I mean? It's just it, I think it I think it's it, like it, the best special feature DVD yeah. <laughs> thing yeah. ever. Yeah. I think it just I think it just expects too much of its audience. And like if you're if you're a casual fan like me, it's just sort of like ho hum. Like I love the first one. I've seen it so many times and I will never not watch it if it's on TV. But the other two, I'm like, yeah, yeah whatever. So it's just it didn't grab me. And maybe let me, that's let why me I'm ask so you this. Given that okay, given a sequel has to be made, and one doesn't have to be made, but let's say one has to be made. Right. Would you say this is the best they could have done? Uh no, I think if they'd have had more time to prepare, they could have tightened it up and made it better. Because uh, what I see here is just a bunch of slapdash ideas that they almost coalesced, mm-hmm. but it didn't quite entirely gel. That's how. That's just how I kind of I, felt watching it. And then I got bored right. by the end. I'm like, you're still fucking talking. Just shut up and ah. So yeah, I don't want I, no I more talking. Do some punching <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. I want some guns. Uh, Gee, oh God. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I know that the world would not have accepted it, but well, I would have rather that they had stuck to their guns and said Neo and Trinity actually stayed dead and yeah. had done something a well, little more Force Awakens-y with the Matrix. Or, I had thought when, they uh, were basically the Matrix. They were it. They were, they were no longer physical yeah. beings. When they said that they rebuilt right. their bodies, I was like, eh, why? Why, though? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Well, and then by the end, when it's suddenly like Neo can't fly anymore, but suddenly Trinity can... I was just like, oh, come on. Like, we all come didn't see that on. coming from frame one of this thing. <laughs> yeah. Come on. That so. was the only way this movie was ever going to go. Yeah. So, But then she <laughs> teaches him to fly, because in the end, he's flying. <laughs> Cue the Pink Floyd. Oh, God. <laughs> all right. Well, so. Well, th- this also okay. ties in, because I did see uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife as well, and it has the same problems that I felt with Matrix Resurrections where they do a sequel 20, 30 years later and they pay so much respect to the first one that it overwhelms any interesting story and it just becomes a Xerox copy of it's, what they tried I, to do. I, this, this one I'm less interested in the movie and I'm more interested in the conversation because all of these sort of fanboys who, whoever is a fanboy of Ghostbusters, you really need help. But like Shut the idea up, yeah, that what the hell, people? 2016 <laughs> Ghostbusters sucked because it was all girls 
And this one is great because there's no girls. It's like, no. I don't know that anyone's actually having that conversation. I think the real thing is 2016 sucked because nobody wrote anything. And this one, somebody <laughs> wrote something. Yeah. Except that the two the two of the new Ghostbusters are girls, uh, including our main character. But yeah, I mean, I I brought this to the fresh shit in December, and yeah. I you know, my deal was it it has no idea what the tone of Ghostbusters is. Yeah, it's not scary, it's not funny, it's not sexy. It's it's just kind of there. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the deal. No. Uh. <laughs> well, here's the deal, Not and this great. this is to uh, to address Eric's telling people to get help if they love Ghostbusters or whatever you just said. If I took it fan that way. Boys. Okay. Going going that extra step of like having a proton pack. Yeah, no, but here's the thing: I started watching Ghostbusters Afterlife just on a whim because it was available, and then I'm sitting there in the first five minutes, and I kind of glanced down and I realized that that day I was wearing my Ghostbusters T-shirt just randomly i'm like oh shit i'm the dude watching the movie wearing the shirt fuck me and then i (laughs) and then i just settled into the rest so you you're a 50 year old man with a ghostbusters t-shirt yeah i love it i love it it was a a, one of those germinal movies for me but the fact that it's whole this whole movie is predicated on the idea that egon somehow had a family at some point, and then abandoned them the, to go the, fight. Didn't know anything about yeah. the Ghostbusters. That, like, had to go fight Gozer <laughs> or whatever. I'm like, this. the premise makes no fucking sense. It just doesn't make any <laughs> sense at all. And then It doesn't hold on any water. Yeah, and then after that, you're just sort of going, okay, they're just doing uh, their homage to Ghostbusters because, you know, Harold Ramis is now dead, and they want to be respectful. And then by the end, when the rest of the crew shows up and you've already gotten that long expository phone conversation from Dan Aykroyd telling them where everybody was. It's just like, come on, this is just lazy. Eric, that, that scene is so lazy. It's, it's Egon's granddaughter calls Ray Spangler on the phone. Ray has no idea who this is. She's calling from like prison. Yeah, it's a total cold call from his perspective. And then he just does this big exposition dump <laughs> about the interpersonal yeah. relationships well, of the, all the old Ghostbusters. It makes it doesn't yeah, make any sense. Because she had seen the old Ghostbusters TV commercial on YouTube and called the number, and it's still active. And he's in his occult shop, and he's like, they have like a couple of back and forth until she says he's she's Egon's granddaughter and then he just starts going on about how he's lost touch and uh you know uh everybody went on to do their own stupid thing and like Bill Murray's teaching college somewhere and's married to Dana la 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 it's just like come on dude like this is like a 5 minute exposition dump that doesn't need anything to do with the movie it's just sort yeah. of there so they can bring him in at the end it's like shut up I hated it. The, the only thing that works is when Bill Murray shows up at the very end and starts making fun of the movie again, which is what makes a Ghostbusters work, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, well, you know, and it's just like, just like in Matrix Resurrections when Keanu Reeves has the, the throwback line, whoa, I still know Kung mm-hmm. Fu. I mean, it was like that cranked to 11 because <laughs> it was like they're, they're at the end and Gozer's back with the Gate Master and the Key Master and... Uh, and then says, are you a god? And Ray has to think about it for a minute. And they're both going, Ray, 
seriously, Ray? And, and then the air horn comes. Bear, 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 yeah. you know? It's like, God damn it. This is, like, this is just too winky winky. I just enough already. And that's the problem with these sequels. It's not it's good. It's like, just, just don't, don't make them. There's no reason to. All you're going to do is just start making in-jokes. I mean, it's like they all become like the super eight of whatever film they're making because that's just a bi- giant cheese bog wet kiss to Spielberg movies of the 80s. It's just like they don't need to do these things, but they do. Maybe they need know. to bring in Neil Bloomkamp to do a Ghostbusters 3 that takes place <laughs> as if they, you know, the whole world knows, holy shit, there's really, really ghosts. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he should do the one that Ackroyd wrote uh, like 15 years or so ago where it was Ghostbusters go to hell. And basically he realizes that when you blink, like that millisecond between blinks uh, is a whole other hellish dimension that they're starting to break through. And so the Ghostbusters actually go to hell to fight demons and whatnot. <laughs> it was That's awesome. You just wanted yeah. to make that so they'd make a movie called Go to Hell, Ghostbusters. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. <you know. laughs> okay. Uh, That's an awesome Eric, premise. You, that is fucking right? great. I would totally <laughs> yeah. see that. Yeah, and no studio would touch it. That's what's funny. So, yeah. You have an interesting uh, idea. No, we don't want to make that. Where's the jokes about the marshmallow man? It's like, shut yeah. up. Oh. Is this because Bill no and Ted went to man. hell and it didn't make as much money? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, uh, now all we need is the, uh, Eric. the Point Break sequel. Well, we already got the remake and nobody <laughs> yeah, cares. Yeah, they exactly, did that. Uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Eric, do you, do you have any fresh shit? I got a ton. <laughs> I got a fucking ton. Bring it. You kidding? Damn, G. <laughs> Okay, he's going um, to squeeze out another big one here. Okay, so here's all the books. I read oh. uh, Chuck Palahniuk's Survivor. I which love that is, book so much. Oh, that is a crazy ass book. It's a Dude. yeah, it's a guy in who in, in a cult who a suicide cult, and everybody commits suicide and he doesn't, and he's like like obsessed with you know are are the dead you know like coming for him he yeah. becomes this this uh, uh uh self-help guru as a result of an agent who says i can take this fame of yours now that you're the surviving member and make it work for you turns him into yeah like a prophet like asshole televangelist uh, he ends up hijacking a plane and the entire story is told by him to the black box recorder in the plane as he has yeah. already like gotten everybody it's, off the plane it's so I, good I, it's so it's so him you know it's like i've read a couple of other books of his since fight club and i'm like no this is the most him i think yeah you know I'd, when i so like what was like 20 some odd years ago a little over 20 years ago when i went to do my uh backpack trick in, in thailand uh, on the plane ride over, I'm leaving LA. Oh, good choice. <laughs> I pull out Survivor, and that's the book I read on the plane going over to Thailand. I had no idea what I was getting yeah. into. <laughs> and that sort of set the tone for my entire trip. I was like, this is, there's not going to be any way to top this at all. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, when yes. Palinik is, is on, he's just, hey man, he's, he zings. Like, have you read Filth? That's another... No. That's wait, wait a minute, one. wait a minute. I think I have. Is that the one where you hit with the butt plugs? Yeah, where the, the Scottish cop who's really gross and just a, a shitbag, and then 
at parts of the story, like the narrative starts fracturing through and you think it's a flight fight club deal where he's like a split personality. But then by the end, you realize that the narrative that's bursting its way into the book is actually his tapeworm. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is going on? It's uh, yeah. so bizarre. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is, this is, yeah, this is very, I don't know. It was good. I don't think it can be made into a film. I don't think it should be. Read no. the book. Uh, another good. book I read was 2001, A Space Odyssey, good which one? I think oh, okay. I read decades ago, but I was like, yeah, let's, let's, I wanted a light read. And did you, the thing is, did you read, I, yeah. Was it, did you read the Sentinel first to, to prime or you just go right into the book? No, no, fuck that. Okay. okay. I, I, I wanted to read the one like from the project and the thing is I, I read it and then I do some more research and I find that, yeah. The idea was that they were going to release the movie and the book at the same time because they were partnering. Yeah. Uh, but oh. then Kubrick had basically final word on what went into the book and he kept delaying it so that his movie could come out first. And uh, when Arthur C. Clarke went to see the movie at the premiere, he like, basically walked out because he felt betrayed because he changed so much stuff. But the funny thing is you read the book and uh, he actually bothers to make sense of things and yeah. Kubrick <laughs> almost adamantly doesn't make sense of things. And it's like, I get, yeah. Okay. Visually it's great, but you're not doing your job. And, and <laughs> Arthur C. Clarke did, and he explains the why. And so when you have all these crazy visuals, when Bowman is going into the, the, the monolith, it's like, wow, that's a lot of crazy visuals. When you read the book, you, you realize what's actually going on. The monolith is actually a doorway and it's, it's basically, there's more space inside th than there should be because it's a doorway. He's going into another dimension. It's basically everything that happens in contact when, uh, Jodie Foster yeah. goes through the, the wormhole only except he mm, describes no. it. Yeah, except there's no Jake Busey. But otherwise, yeah, spot on. There's always Jake Busey in all of us. There's Jake Busey. <laughs> there's a little Jake Busey in all of us. Oh, God. And, and yeah, and yeah, they explain the whole Star Child thing. It's explained. It's, it's actually a completed narrative. Uh, so I guess the thing is, I like the look of a lot of 2001, but I don't think I like that film anymore because I can see all the different ways he got lazy. Yes. And screw this film. Yeah. Always watch the movie before you read the book. <laughs> Arthur C. Clarke really understood the physics too, you know. Yeah. And 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 the fact that in the book he wrote that they were going to Saturn when uh, uh, Kubrick changed it to Jupiter because they couldn't make Saturn look right, but they could do <laughs> Jupiter. It's like mm -hmm. that's forgivable. That's, you can, you get yeah. past that pretty There's fast. Nothing wrong with but that. But when at least they, they didn't. When go you to have the whole thing of him coming back into the ship, um. Like, like in the book, Hal blows out the, uh, the ship, like, like decompresses it with, you know, with Bo with Bowman in it. That makes sense, you know, <laughs> and all the bodies get dumped out and everything gets dumped out. And the way he deals with it, it's, it would have been tough to film. I can see why they just did the airlock sequence in the movie, yeah. but mm -hmm. unfortunately that's like a budget decision and that, that makes you not enjoy it as much. Well, it makes you think too, because how many films 
of Kubrick's are actually adaptations. Like most of them, most. which is weird. Yeah. Which which nobody ever talks about. But yeah, like you look at The Shining, like I like The Shining as a film more than the book. Uh, and that's my personal choice because in the book, like the topiary garden starts coming to life and I just find that ridiculous. Whereas I like the way that the the movie's just all mood and brooding and just bleh. Right. But two thousand let me say two thousand one. Yeah. Oh no, I, I oh no, go ahead. Because I'm gonna I'm gonna shift gears in a second. Uh, but I but for like 2001, like I like the book, but I I prefer the film. I think mostly because it's just a visual spectacle that washes over you. I don't really care if stuff's not explained. I just love the way it looks, and it just sort of washes over me. I don't know how to it's, explain. It's hard it. to read the book when you're on acid, is what you're saying? Yes, exactly. I, okay. Yeah. I look at see the thing is I look at that movie like. Yeah, the, you know what else? The, the Pink Floyd Light Show was was a was a visual spectacle, but it didn't try yeah. to be, have a story. This one, it's it's just a bunch of fancy lights, and then says to you, "What you don't get it? What are you stupid? You know yeah. that that to me is really just intellectually <laughs> I think, shitty." I think ultimately that's what's so funny to me about the film is the fact that it's got this reputation, and then when you watch it, it's pretty inscrutable. And so people kind of take on this air of like, oh, I love this movie. Why don't you don't understand it? I mean, it's like, it's like, yeah. no, you're not supposed to fucking understand it. Just shut up and watch it. I mean, that's literally all it is. But people put all this meaning into it and it's just so silly. Yeah. That's, <sighs> it's, and, and I look at it like, you know what? When I go to uh, something that's supposed to be connected along using story elements, unless it's a, uh, a, 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 a technical reel. Yeah, I want the story to make sense. And this yeah. one, you know, it just, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. thing is, you mentioned Stephen King. And Stephen King has, I think, a reputation for making shit make too much sense. He'll, like, put together, like, crazy shit. But because he's stuck to a narrative style that he can't get away from, it's all sort of boring and Stephen Kingy in the end. Yeah. I've been watching Station Eleven uh, and... Yellow Jackets, two television series on ver- mm. on two different streaming platforms. One, let's see, Yellow Jackets, I think is, is I think it's Paramount. Showtime, I think that's a Showtime, okay. and okay. yeah, and Station Eleven is a Cinemax, and they're both Stephen King like stories, but because they're you know they're given a whole TV show to spread their legs on. Um, uh, they're both about girls, so maybe that's not the right way to put that. Uh, to spread out <laughs> to to they have they're to, given space yeah. yeah room to breathe uh room to breathe right um and yeah i think stephen king you know somehow in 1200 pages he can't make cujo uh take less space um <laughs> that's, yeah that's yeah, very true yeah yellow jackets is sort of the uh all girl soccer team version of it uh, and with these these uh, uh a soccer team they're on their way to nationals in 1996. They crash somewhere in the forest, and they end up spending 13 months surviving out there with a something. I haven't gotten to the part to tell me what the a something is, but it's split Ooh. between them, you know, like like surviving with some kind of weird demon curse thing. It looks like, and them all as uh, 40 year old women who have had different lives basically but they're all still connected over 
we need to keep, you know, we need to keep in touch and make sure nobody ever finds out what we really did out there. And, you know, what they did out there was a lot of murder. I hope there's an airlock (laughs) and some smoke. It seemed very losty to me, so I was sort of on the fence. Yeah, it's got it's got elements of lost going on, and I'm okay. not sure what to think of it yet. But okay, it's still it's still a, a good show. Uh, Station Eleven. I'm still not sure what I'm watching. I mean, I <laughs> this thing is it is a puzzle, and and I'm like a few episodes into it. I'm still watching it. I'm still loving it. It's based on a 2014 novel that I want to read, but only once I'm through this thing. It's a mini series, so it will end, but. It's the end of the world, uh, and a comic book that is full of prophecy. It's the best way to put it. Um, but they, they concentrate on a character, it seems like for each one. And they, 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 they give you little bits of connective tissue each time. And I think by the time it's done, yeah, you get to see the whole thing. You and your end of the world. Okay. Have you watched? So is it is it bingeable or do you have to watch it week on week? It's a week on week. Both of them are. Oh boy. Okay. So that's God. They're Why really they... asking a lot from you there. I could yeah. see how like Brian... each episode being a character being a, a bingeable series would probably be more palatable. I love how you're yeah. so spoiled with the modern era, Brian, where it's like you could just watch the full dump whenever you want, well, rather than having them parse it. I out. honestly don't really binge shows. <laughs> I there actually are some take shows where time. I totally. I totally feel the same way. I'm like, sometimes you just got to watch uh, week to week and sometimes yeah. you get impatient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, I watched a show week to week. It was one of those appointment shows. Yeah. Uh, did you guys watch Hawkeye? Yes, I did. Oh, <laughs> they, 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 they brought back uh, 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 Dr. Pierce. Is Trapper John in it? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> it's it's the match sequel you knew you wanted but never sought out. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted I yeah, wanted him to come. It's in. after after mash. No, is no. it Sutherland or is it Alan Alda? That's the no, other it's, thing. No, it's actually here's what's gonna blow your mind. It's Daniel Day Lewis going, I will find you. Stay alive, no matter what occurs. <laughs> that's, I can that's I can movie. kinda see that, but I've never seen him do comedy. How is he with the one liners? Ah, but oh. um, yeah, Hawkeye's just one of those. Hawkeye. It doesn't. <laughs> it's like the Black Widow movie of the Marvel TV shows. It just doesn't need to exist, but they kind of have to tag it on so they can wrap some shit up. That's sort of how it felt. It was okay, I, but eh. I thought it was. Yeah, I I didn't feel it was essential. I mean, obviously, the big thing is that they're trying to introduce the the younger, yeah. you know, because they're setting up Young Avengers, right? And so they have to get the Kate Bishop Hawkeye into the MCU and Haley Stanfield does a great job. She does. Um, establishing her character. But the other big thing they did is they brought back Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin, which was and so made that official. Weird. He's the Kingpin in the MCU. Yeah. So they've, they've connected the old daredevil show to this new universe, mm-hmm. which is so weird. So weird. But I guess that means they're going to bring back Charlie Cox then, right? As Daredevil? So, spoilers, he's in Spider-Man. Oh, okay. Then they have. He has a cameo in Spider-Man. Charlie Cox is Daredevil in the MCU. Good for him. I heard somebody say that um, uh, 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 Kingpin is, and this, is, this must be an industry term now, 25% different than his uh, appearance in the, 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 the Netflix show. And you yeah. remember like back in the clickbait show about Star Trek, they said that the new Star Trek shit had to be 25% different. 
from the original for licensing. Yeah. So right. they're still doing that. They they actually said this kingpin is twenty five percent different because he's like wicked strong or something. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's he's the kingpin, and he beats the shit out of Haley Stanfield at one point. <laughs> yeah. But uh, um, but he's also like not the same kingpin because he's been through some shit, and so he's wearing like Hawaiian shirts, but with like white blazers. I mean, it's like a weird thing where he's no longer like the erudite uh rich guy kingpin he's more like the street lord uh bronx bomber kind of kingpin it's it's hard to explain yeah. but yeah it's it's the same but different definitely and he doesn't show up until um, like the this the penultimate episode too so it's like fuck i gotta go through all this just so i can see kingpin finally oh you did me dirty <laughs> hawkeye you did me dirty they they had one scene that was really cool. Um, they also bring back Yelena f- from from the Black Widow movie, and they have a scene with her where it's the first time we've seen the Thanos snap blip whatever from the perspective of somebody who got snapped, right? So yeah. she's like looking at herself in the mirror, and then she suddenly disintegrates and immediately reforms, and it's five years later, and she, all of her surroundings are, have changed, and that was a pretty fun scene. Yeah. Although, um, although they sort a of, of they sort of buttered it though because it was the same apartment, obviously, but it was also owned by the same person. Like, imagine how that would have gone yeah. sideways if somebody totally different was in there, and then your mind right. would have like reeled. So they they used some economy there, but whatever. But it was that was cool. There were there were a couple of of fun things in this show. One of which is that um, our original Jeremy Renner Hawkeye actually owns a mug that says Thanos was right. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, the other, of course, is the Rogers the Musical bit. Yeah, the Steve like, Rogers they've, Broadway they've show. Yeah. Doing a whole Broadway show on Avengers Battle of New York and just making it as cheesy and yeah. and dumb as possible, and, and it's amazing. Yeah, like the the fi- <laughs> like the final end scene from the series is the whole musical number that they introduce at the beginning yeah. that Hawkeye walks out of, uh, and they keep yeah. making a point where in the musical number about the the Battle of New York from the first Avengers movie, like Ant Man is there. And they, like they yeah. always, and they make a big deal about how stupid that is that they would bring Ant Man in for something that he obviously wasn't part of. Because Rogers the musical is not historically accurate. Yeah. yeah. a nice little winky-winky commentary on how stupid the whole thing is. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's a bonbon. I mean, it's light. It's frothy. It's, yeah. It doesn't have a lot to say, but it is, you know, like they're giving all of the other characters their uh, chance to wrap up the endgame story. And so this is, they're all dealing with their PTSD in different ways. So that's sort mm-hmm. of their new exploration. I, I do think I it's interesting that, of course, they have to start introducing new cast members right like there's going to be a new thor there's going to be a new captain america there's going to be a new 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 and they have only so much time to get people to connect with these new versions 
and then they are going to be too old and they're going to have to be replaced. I, I really yeah. don't get how they're going to make this work. So yeah. let's let's talk for a minute about the butthurt Star Wars and Ghostbusters assholes, right? Because think about how they're replacing all these characters, right? Right. We've got um, new um, Hawkeye is a woman, okay? We've got Ironheart coming up where the new Iron Man will be a woman. They're almost certainly going to replace Chadwick Boseman with Shuri because yeah. that They've was already a replaced thing. so uh, Thor with uh, yeah. his ex girlfriend. Yeah. Black Panther's a woman. Thor's a woman. Um, uh, Captain America. We kind of have the Captain Carter thing going on out there. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm surprised we aren't hearing the the you know death of men backlash against Marvel at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the one anybody... thing that makes it all good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, watching but you... all these dudes go, but what? Huh? Yeah. No. Well, you could see awesome. like towards the, the end of phase three when they were leading up to Endgame and they started making very overt attempts to be multicultural and diverse yeah. and the whole thing. I mean, it's like, I think Marvel just inherently understood that like, that's just how things are. So we're just going to go ahead and just get ahead of it. Uh, well, I think I think Marvel gets away with it in a way Star Wars doesn't because this has all already been done in the comics. Like everything they're doing, even yeah, She-Hulk, right? That's true, it's that's all true. from the comics, so it's hard harder for these fanboys to be like, "That's not my Marvel comics." <laughs> it's like, yeah, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, shut up. <laughs> Though Ironheart is pretty weak. I mean, it just yeah, is. as agreed. a comic book, as as a concept. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, Tony whatever. Tony Stark guarded that suit religiously except for you know these people it's i mean well, even the tie-in machine, so the tie-in with one. the tie-in with spider-man makes no sense oh yeah and war machine stole the mm-hmm. fucking thing from him so mm-hmm. <laughs> wah, wah. yeah it's i'm yeah. tired of it but i watched it anyway so whatever but uh yeah, i used I'm to like still the enjoying the marvel too. stuff yeah i don't anymore <laughs> but i used to and and these these films were like Oh, yeah, huh. And now I'm just like, I'm glad it's almost over. Yeah. Well, <laughs> y- you know what else is all in the similar vein? Has anybody been watching the book of Boba Fett? Not yet. No. It's, only, um, it's only two episodes um, I haven't out. I haven't gotten to it yet. It's basically just like uh, Mandalorian light. It's, just, it's the same thing. It's basically uh, Boba of Tatooine instead of Lawrence of Arabia. That's sort of the vibe they're doing, but mixed in with the Western themes. It's a show that doesn't need to exist. Um, has no reason to exist other than they just can make it to fill in the gaps for the the fanboys. The reason it exists, of course, is that they always wanted to make a Boba Fett show, but they couldn't at first, so they made The Mandalorian. Which is so stupid. And now they've got Boba Fett, but it's like, again, it's it's one of those quit making the Star Wars universe small things, guys. Well, this one, too, it's just... Everything has to be about the same five characters. Well, this one, too, it's like Boba Fett. It's like a watered-down version of The Mandalorian. It's like the reason Boba Fett works is because... He's used sparingly. I mean, he has what, like five lines in yeah. the entire fucking prequel or uh, original series. It's just like he's there because he's mysterious, he's enigmatic, and he's cool. And they give him like the worst death imaginable in Return of the Jedi. And now they've spent yeah. like 35 <laughs> some odd years like retrofitting that miraculous recovery from the pit of the Sarlacc to kind of give him gravitas. It's like, ah, it's just there's no reason for this show to exist. And it's so tepid right now. And it's because Robert Rodriguez mm. is on board. He's one of the executive producers. I think that's exactly why it sucks is because he's just, he's terrible. <laughs> so 
take that for what you will. That's my opinion. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna get to it. It's coming yeah. down my down my queue. So we'll get there. I'll tell you another thing that really didn't need to get made uh, along the lines of Ghostbusters and Matrix mm-hmm. was the King's Man. Oh, that came out. Ugh. Ooh. You mean Ooh. after all those sequels, you still thought that that this other one might not be shit? <laughs> well, I mean, they've all was been only shit. the one Even sequel. The first one yeah. was shit. No, the first one was it's doing what James Bond was no longer doing. The first one was being ridiculous and having crazy spy shit and sex and violence and all of that and fun, just stupid fun. Uh, I this threw up one a little in my mouth. Uh, <laughs> this one, no sex. No fun. The violence isn't even up to Kingsman standards. Like, literally, the Daniel Craig James Bond movies are more fun, more sexy, and more gadgety. And how the hell did that happen to the King's Man? Uh, My God. Yeah. Um, the King's Man sucks. They they wanted to make it a World War One movie, which means it has to be bleak and depressing and long and slow and boring. And... Nope. The, their whole deal is like all these historical figures are pulling the strings, but as it, it has prequelitis, you don't care. There's no stakes. There's no stakes in the glo- the geopolitical global stuff because you know World War One happens. Maybe and they you know watched Wonder it. Woman and said, "Hey, Wonder hey. Woman worked. Maybe, maybe this is yeah. a doable war." Everybody's yeah. seen yeah. World War Two. <laughs> yeah. Some somehow somehow um. Uh, Ralph Rafe Fiennes is more fun and more James Bondy as M than he is in The King's Man as the lead. It's just terrible. Just <laughs> what a disappointment. Yeah, I wasn't even going to touch that one with a 20-foot pole, <laughs> honestly. I still have never seen, uh, what's the second one, Golden... The second one? Yeah. The second one isn't as good as the first one. The first one's hilarious. Uh, uh, the second one is is cheeky. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I've still never seen it all the way through. I catch bits and pieces on cable from time to time, and I try to watch it. I'm just like, this is, no, I'm out. I'm done. The second <laughs> one has Elton John in it, which makes me wonder if he had a, a, a conversation with Edgerton, like, would you like to play me? Yeah, really. That's probably how, that was the genesis right probably. there. Probably. That's how it happened. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well. So... I think I think we've droned on quite a bit. Is there anything else burning it up right now? In uh, the press shit? I have a suggestion for you guys to check out on Netflix, uh, if you so dare. Uh, it's this. Okay. It's like six episodes or eight or something. It's a limited one, but it's called Smash Saturday Mornings All Star Hits, and it's like a very weird Tim and oh. Eric awesome show kind of a thing, where they take this oh. concept of like a like an early '90s kids Saturday morning show that's hosted by some goofball surfer type dudes Skip and Traybor and then they introduce these uh, like cartoons that don't actually exist but they treat them like they were part of their Saturday lineup and they're just really (laughs) dark and depressing and not funny at all but they're done in that animation style of the time so really cheap and shitty looking and they're like kid friendly like one is called Strongimals which is like a Thundercat sort of a dealie and then one is called Create a Criddle, uh, which is also very sad. And then one's called Randy, which is about a dinosaur who basically just is having a, just like life is just kicking him left and right. And he's trying to go to school and he's breaking up with his girlfriend. So like the, the cartoons that they're showing have very adult themes and they're very depressing and like dark. Bojack Horseman <laughs> as a dinosaur. Basically. basically. 
<laughs> and then they cut to the the interstitial with the the goofy hosts skipping Treyborg, dude. And they're doing their like Saturday morning all star hits. And then one of them becomes a voice actor in like one of these cartoons. And then it creates this like jealous rift between the brothers doing the hosting. So through the course of the hosting, they become more and more estranged because one of them is just very, very pissy about the fact that his brother got this huge break and becomes like a big star. So they've got all these like weird levels. It's very Tim and Eric. It's not like laugh out loud funny, but it's just fucking weird. But they nail the 90s cartoon vibe to a T, and it just it sells it. And so if you just are looking for something new and just something to pass the time, they're like 20 minutes or so each episode, but they're just so strange. But Saturday morning, all-star hits, bro. So there you go. <laughs> Eric, okay. any, last, any last things you want to toss on the fire? There is a film you must see, and you probably have been already heard about it, called Don't Look Up. It yes. is yes, about an list. asteroid coming to Earth that will kill us all unless we do something. And people have been like, you know, very they've been they've been trying to basically turn it into the same American uh, left versus right. Uh, this is yeah. it's too heavy handed. It's not funny. No, you don't understand. It's not about environmentalism. It's not about COVID. It's about you're fucking stupid. That's what this movie is about. You are fucking stupid. And I wish people would get that, but they're too stupid. It's about how we're all going to die because people are too goddamn motherfucking stupid. And that's why I love this film. It seems to me that's I why it's, wait. it seems why it's so polarizing. Uh because that's that's sort of like yeah, what I'm reading about. Yeah, because nobody wants to like, believe the they're stupid. Yeah. That's why they yeah. say it's heavy-handed. It's because they're he's telling me I'm stupid. Yeah, he is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of the tweets I saw was like, "The press doesn't like this movie because it makes the press look really bad." Yeah, and it's yeah, like, oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh God, uh, yeah. The 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 asshole they tear out of you know the sort of Fox and Friends Morning Joe kind of cable news mm. feel good shows is fucking awesome. Kate Blanchett can literally do anything. I mean, I uh, <laughs> she can. Right? Yeah, you got to see this. Watch it immediately. Uh and Nightmare awesome. Alley, don't bother. Don't bother with Nightmare Alley. Oh, okay. Don't. That's I new, was thinking about seeing Nightmare that's Alley. That's new Del Toro, right? Guillermo Del Toro? Yeah. Yeah. It is it is that's... a film noir. It is very film noir. He gets the the sort of period and look very well. But yeah, I'm gonna forget it. I mean, in a few months, yeah. I'm not gonna remember any parts of it. Dude, I I just recently saw uh, what's the one Scarlet Peak or whatever the fuck it was called, uh, Crimson Crimson Peak, Peak. Like yeah, that. like the, his his like ode to Edgar Allan Poe, and that was just like, what happened to you, Del Toro? Seriously, you used to make interesting movies, and then suddenly you stopped. It's just ugh. so yeah. Didn't he do like a TV series about vampires? I don't know. Blade? He did some TV I, series with vampires. Anyway, yeah. So that, that, that. And oh yeah. And finally, this is my last one. I really highly recommend this to you. It's on one of the streaming services. I can't remember which one, but How to Talk to Girls at Parties is a sweet, Ooh. insane <laughs> film. Have you seen it? I've seen bits. It's, no. that, it's that Swedish one, right? No, it's... uh. Let's see. Uh, the, uh, it's a John Cameron Mitchell film. Oh, okay. The I'll guy who did Hedwig. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, based on oh. a uh, a Neil Gaiman uh, story. And it's a guy who meets a girl. It turns out she's an alien. 
and the way they handle it is so fun. I, I can't I can't say more than that. It's it's it, there's not a whole lot of special effects. It's more like the way he puts it together makes it work so well. Uh, it, it, and there's there's these five families of aliens that all travel together, and she's one of them, and they're dying out. And he oh yeah, and and this all takes place in uh, like 1978 uh, punk rock England, like during the Jubilee. Okay, and nice. this kid is this punker who meets this alien. Yeah, it's fucking great. It's fucking great. See it, see it, see it. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, hey, everybody. We're finally back. The show's back, and we are open up the year with all the clickbait, right? So it was Matrix and Ghostbusters and Katy Perry and Hawkeye. Boba Fett and the MCU and Hawkeye. Boy, if we can't get found on a search engine on this one, we're... It's going to be the same as every other year. But anyway... Yeah. Hey. Subscribe to the show. Follow us on on social media. We're at MagHuge, M-A-G-H-U-G-E on Twitter. Um, Share it on your social media feeds. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram and on all the things. And you can find all our old episodes on MagHuge.com. If you want to email us any ideas or suggestions or or just want to see if we'll read whatever you had to say on, on the show... Hit us up, magnificent. We will. Huge we will fucking read anything. <laughs> we'll read anything you say. We're stupid like that. We will actually we will, read yeah. those things. Yeah. Well, that's so desperate so, for attention that yeah, we will. So yeah, rock on. We're doing it. Hit more. us with your best shot, y'all. Yep. Happy 2020. <laughs> Bye. Bye.